Um, you know, we've, we started a series last week called Jesus Walks. And we talked about, you know, Jesus, as you see Jesus in the Bible, he is always walking. You never see Jesus running anywhere. As a matter of fact, this week in my own quiet time, I was reading a passage and Jesus said something, as Jesus would say, that was uh, offensive to the crowd. You know how Jesus will, will do something that will offend you because he wants to, to get to the root of something, and get to the heart of something. But he says something in the moment and he's walking, he's walking around and, and he makes them so angry that they decide that they're going to push Jesus off a cliff. And then what we see in the passage is as they are trying to take Jesus and throw him off the cliff, it says, Jesus walked away from them. That's a bad man, Jesus, right? But even in the midst of that stuff, that Jesus would, would still be walking and not running. That's who Jesus is. There is a pace to the grace at which Jesus moves. But that's not like, like us, right? We are people who, who run, right? We, we're running all the time, running from one thing to the next. I remember yesterday we had, we had a soccer game. I had family in town. And we, we're all kind of just, just running around doing all of the different things that we have to do. And we're in this, this rat race that we call life. And we're trying to keep up with the Joneses. And we're running. And what we find is that as we are running and Jesus is walking, that we miss him. That we miss him. Jesus is walking, and we were running. And last week, I, I talked about this passage from, from Matthew and the disciples and Jesus calling them and Jesus walking by them and Jesus walking towards them. And what you see in the disciples, I don't know if I clarified this or said it really well last week, but we, we see them fishing and not following. We see them casting their nets and, and mending their nets, and, and they're, they're not running, but what they're doing is trying to run their own life. And they're running their own life, and they're missing God. But God is continuing to walk towards them. Anybody excited that Jesus still walks towards us? And even though we are trying to run our own life and do our own thing, we have a God who says, I'm going to still come after you, still going to pursue you. Even though you stiff arm me, I'm still going to walk towards you because I love you. It's because he walks. He walks. He's a patient God. He has all the time in the world to continue to walk towards us. And so today, we're going to talk about another aspect of Jesus walking in our life. And it's Jesus walking ahead of us. Jesus walking in such a way to lead us. And this isn't about us running our own life, but it's really about the things that we allow to run our life for us. And how in those things we can miss God and what God wants to do. Jesus walks. So let's go ahead and stand this morning as we prepare to, to go into this passage. Let's read this together. It's John chapter 10, verses 7 through 15. It says, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. 
I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. God, I pray that you would help us to see you walking ahead of us, that you would help us to see your leadership in our life, how great your leadership is in our life, and that we would today make a decision to to follow your lead in everything and in every way. God, speak to us today. Speak through me. I pray, God, that I would decrease and you would increase. Holy Spirit, come. Do a work in us. Do a work in me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Walking ahead. I have three points for you today. If you're taking notes, it is to be led, to be loved, and to belong. Now, Jesus is telling a story here. And so what we're reading in verses 7 and 15 is really him explaining a story that he's already told before in the first six verses of the chapter. And Jesus is telling a story in, of, of a shepherd and sheep and a wolf. And the other characters are the thief and it's the robber and, and then there's the hired hand that we they read about in the passage. And Jesus is, is making a pretty clear picture here and painting a pretty clear picture for them. In this passage, so just so you guys are all on the same, the same wavelength as I am, I want to just explain to you one, a couple things. Jesus says in the passage that, that he is the gate, that he is the gate. He's Jesus, Jesus the gate. He is the good shepherd, that's Jesus. There's also the, the, the thief and the robber. That is what we would classify as not Jesus, right? You got the thief and the robber, not Jesus. We have the good shepherd, that's Jesus. We have the hired hand. It's not Jesus, right? We got the gate, and that's Jesus. We have the sheep. That's us. That's the people. And we have the wolf, who is the enemy. And Jesus is painting a a picture here and trying to explain to them something that they probably understood. We probably don't understand because we don't have many shepherds in the building. We have any shepherds here in the house. Anyone is a sheep herder here in, in this space, right? But they would have understood it. They would have understood this, this picture that he's painting because many of them would have, would have known it, would have seen it. It's, it's depicted in their, in their Old Testament scriptures that they maybe would have heard and known. Like, again, Abraham was a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. They would have understood it. But what he's really trying to explain to them in this passage is that he is the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd that they need. He is the good shepherd that's there to lead them and to guide them. This is really a passage that's about leadership. It's about shepherding. Listen, that, 
This is what they understand. They would have understood that he's talking about this because they've seen this in, in their life. They've read these stories. This is what he's communicating. And he's saying anything else or anyone else other than the good shepherd that has not entered through the gate, which is him, has designs to harm them and not to help them. And he says there's only really two ways that you can be led. You can be led by the good shepherd or you can be led by the hired hand. There's really no, no way to interpret this passage any other way except for to understand that you got to make a choice who you want to be led by. Do you want to be led by Jesus or do you want to be led by everything else? And that's a decision that we get to make, family. The question is, who are you going to allow to run your life? I tell you how we allow things to run our life. Jesus explains it here in this passage. We didn't read this part, but verses 4 and 5 says it like this. He says, after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Hear what Jesus is saying. Sheep learn to follow by what they allow themselves to listen to. Have you ever heard the statement, you are what you eat? You become what you consume the most. Listen, I, I've seen people talk about how when you get older and you live with a person for so long that you begin to look like that person. Because you've been consuming that person for 50 and 60 years, and so all of a sudden you look at old couples with all of their wrinkles and all the different things, and you say, man, you guys look alike. <laughs> Babe, you're going to look like me. <laughs> Isn't that exciting for you? <laughs> we become what we consume the most. Likewise, we follow what we feed ourselves. We are led by what we choose to listen to. And listen, there are a lot of voices out there, family. It's a lot of cultural influences. There's, there's family and friends that, that talk to us that we can listen to. There's our own emotions that speak to us all the time. There's an enemy of our soul that, that talks to us all the time. There are voices everywhere. And the louder they become, the louder that they are, and the more that we find ourselves being led by them. Listen, 2020, you guys, you guys would have known this and seen this when COVID happened and we were all isolated and we were all locked in our homes by ourselves with nothing to do but to watch and to listen to things. And what I began to see is that people were listening to certain things all the time, people that I knew, that I knew down to their core, or at least I thought they knew, but the more that I, I, I saw them, I saw things changing in the way that they communicated, in the way that they were talking online. And I'm not saying anything other than what I'm saying, but, but I, get, I got to see people become radicalized almost, and then almost like activated in some way. And I didn't understand what was happening, but, but family, you could see it. What they decided to listen to the most became what they began to follow, and what they began to follow became who they became. And I couldn't recognize them anymore. I couldn't recognize who they are. I thought that they were following Jesus, but it seemed like now they were following something else because they chose what they were going to listen to. 
pushing them further and further away from God. And today I'm just encouraging all of us in this moment to really make a, a real assessment of the voices that we are choosing to listen to. And if the voice of Jesus seems distant to you or difficult to discern, maybe it's possible that we've allowed other things to become the main song that's playing on our playlist and it's on repeat in our life and we can't hear God because we're listening to something else. And Jesus is saying today that he wants to be the main voice in your life. That he is the good shepherd, that he wants to shepherd you, that he wants to lead you, that he wants to guide you, that he wants to be the lamp unto your feet and the light unto your path. But you're going to have to make a conscious decision today. Whose voice am I going to follow? Every day you're going to have to wake up and say, today I'm going to choose to fix my eyes on Jesus. Today I'm going to choose to get in the Word. Today I'm going to choose to pray. Today I'm going to choose to go to church. Today I'm going to choose what voice I'm going to listen to. You're going to have to choose. And I'm saying choose life today. Choose the shepherd who brings you life. Choose the shepherd who brings you into great pastures. This is what God is saying to us today. Choose to be led by the Spirit, not by your flesh. Galatians tells us like this, that if you are led by the Spirit, the things that we get, the fruit of that life is what? It is love. It is joy. It is peace. It is patience. It is goodness. It is gentleness. It is faithfulness. Kindness. And self-control. I was just testing you this morning. Just wanted to make sure you guys knew all nine. You choose to be led by the Spirit. That's the fruit of that life. Choose to be led by something else. And that passage tells us that it leads to death. Choose life or choose death. Choose what you're going to be led by. And I'm hoping that Somebody today will make a decision like Joshua says to the generation in Joshua 24. He says, today you're going to have to choose for yourselves whom you are going to serve. You can choose the little G gods of your ancestors that did nothing for them. Or you can choose family. You can choose the gods of the world that does nothing for them. But for as me and for my house, I'm going to choose today to serve the Lord. Choose today, family, to serve the Lord. Choose today to serve the Lord, to serve Jesus. Choose today for your family to serve the Lord, to serve the Lord. That's what I'm choosing today. It's my prayer for you today, to choose to serve the Lord Jesus. The question is like, why? Why? I'm kind of giving you one reason, but I think there's another reason why we should be encouraged this morning to serve the Lord. And it says it like this, that we are beloved. We are valuable to the shepherd. Look at verse 11 for me. It says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. This is how we know that the shepherd loves us. Like no other, because he has paid the ultimate price for us, that he has laid down his life for us. Listen, John 3.16 is just not a cute bumper sticker for us. 
It's not something that we see that we hold up signs at, at football games and sporting events that says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Like, I don't understand why people put that sign up. Maybe. I don't, I don't get it. But the reality is, is that that's a real life scripture that Jesus is saying. For God so loved you that he sent his only son to do what? Not just to sit down and chill with you. Not just to sit down and, and have a snack with you and to give you great things. But he sent his only son to do what? To die. To die. He has, he has created us. And he has come back to ransom us. Think about that. He has created us. And we have, to some degree, we've been, we've been kidnapped and hijacked and trafficked to some degree. And he comes back like, like Liam Neeson and, and taken. He's coming back after you. And he's not coming back to murder you, but he comes back to be murdered for you. That is a shepherd that has sacrificed his life for you. There is, there is no one, there is nothing that can love you like the shepherd. Because there's nothing or no one that has created you and that has died for you. And most the, the, the higher hand gets benefit from you and there's some mutual benefit. But for the most part, there's, there's use and misuse and abuse. Listen, I, I, used, to have a, I used to have a truck, a blue truck, and it was, it was a Chevrolet Avalanche. And we got stories. I'm looking at my guy Marcus. We got some stories with my truck. And I loved that truck. I mean, it was decked out. It had everything in it, all the bells and whistles in that truck. But what most people don't know is that the reason why I, 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 I got the Chevrolet Avalanche is because when I was in college, I went to work for a Chevrolet dealership. I love Chevy. I didn't want a vehicle that you had to fix or repair daily. Some of y'all got that. Some of y'all didn't. It's an acronym for Ford. <laughs> uh, what I, I, wanted, I wanted to work for Chevy, and I went to work for Chevy, and I, was kinda, I became basically uh, a salesman, and I was kind of a Chevrolet Avalanche aficionado. The first vehicle I sold on the lot was a Chevrolet Avalanche. And everyone that came to buy an Avalanche went through me because I knew about them so much. And so I thought one day, one day, when I get some money, when I make it somehow, I'm going to get me a Chevrolet Avalanche. And lo and behold, I can't remember what year I got a Chevrolet Avalanche, but I saved up some money or I borrowed some money and, <laughs> and I went and I got me a Chevrolet Avalanche and I loved my truck. I valued my truck because I dreamed about my truck thought about getting this truck. I worked so that I could earn enough money to get this truck. You know what I'm saying? I fixed this truck. This was my truck, and I had value in my truck. And what I hated the most, and truck owners know this, is that when people see you with a truck, and they want to move from their house to somewhere else, they're going to, they're going to ask you, hey, can I use your truck? And what they're, they're seeing is, is a way that they don't have to call budget or U-Haul so that they can 
put their own money and rent their own thing so that they can, they can do that. But they want to use your truck, and they only see the truck as something that can be used, a tool to be used. But they weren't like me, right, that, that actually dreamed about the truck, that actually put money towards the truck. They didn't own the truck, and they had the nerve to ask for the keys and say, you don't need to come, Drain. I'll just take your truck. <laughs> and I would look at him and be like, you must be out of your mind that I would give you the keys to my truck. But they didn't value it like I valued it because they didn't have a vision for it. They didn't put their money towards it. Again, it was just something that would get them from point A to point B. And then once they had used it, they would just give it back. And see, I'm just talking about an object, a thing. I'm not even talking about my kids. Like, I, I love my kids more than I love the trucks. Like, come, and, come after my, my kids, and I'm going to have to have a problem with you. Right? I had to talk to some kids the other day about the way they were talking to my, my boys. Pray, pray for me. I'm sorry. I need prayer. I need prayer. But listen to what I'm, listen to what I'm, what I'm saying is that they didn't value the, the truck the way that I valued the truck. And I'm not even talking about people and the way that we value people. And what I'm saying is multiply that by infinity, and I think you will maybe just begin to scratch the surface of how much God loves you and how much God values you and how much God wants you and how much God wants to shepherd you. Like that is how much you are beloved. You are beloved by him. He values us. We are his. He made us. We're fearfully and uniquely and wonderfully made. He sees us as prized possessions. He sees us even better than we see ourselves. We look in the mirror sometimes, and all that we see is, is the gunk in our eyes and, and the mess that we have going on, and, and all, of our, all of our insecurities are being replayed in our mind and all of our failures and our mistakes and our issues and the way that we somehow are just disappointed with some of our life choices, and that's how we see ourselves. But God looks at us a little differently. He looks at us through the mirror of Jesus Christ, and he sees his, his son. He sees his daughter. He sees you, how much he loves you, that you are his. You are an heir. You are his. You are an heir. You are someone that's worth dying for. I love how Luke, what Luke 15 teaches us about value. Luke 15 is a passage where, where Jesus is hanging out with, with sinners and, and tax collectors. And the people are, are talking to Jesus and saying, I, I'm looking at Jesus, like, I can't believe you were hanging out with these people. And so he begins to tell them some stories about value. And he begins with a story about a shepherd. The shepherd has a hundred sheep, and one runs away. And the shepherd would, would look at the 99 and look at the one. And for most of us, we know what we would do. See you later. That was your decision. I told you to stay with me. That's not what the shepherd does in this picture. It says that he would leave the 99, and then he would come after the one. Like, that's how much Jesus, the good shepherd, values you. He doesn't care about, let me say this correctly, he doesn't, he doesn't care about you running away and leaving and saying, you know what, you just go do your own thing. That's not what he does. But he relentlessly pursues you. He relentlessly comes after you. 
Like, he breaks through heaven and hell to get to you. Like, that's how much he loves you. That's how much you are beloved. That's how much you are valued, that he will not allow you to stay lost. But he wants to bring you back into the fold so he can lead you and guide you and help you and restore you and cleanse you and change you and transform you. Right? He wants to do something because you are beloved. You are his. He is paid for you. You are not family, just a cog in the wheel. You're not just an object to be used. I'll say that better. You're not just an object to be objectified. You're not just a tool to be used. But you are his to be loved and to share in his life with him. Hear me? You're beloved. You're valuable. You are his. And you belong to the shepherd. Let me say that. You belong to the shepherd. That's my last point, and it's really quite simple. Verse 14 says it like this. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own sheep, and they know me. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own sheep. And they know me. Listen, sheep belong with a shepherd. That may sound like a very simple statement. But sheep belong with a shepherd. Sheep belong with other sheep. Listen, Christians belong with... I'm going to try this side over here. Christians belong with... Right? Christians belong with Christ. If you are a part of the body, you belong to the body. I feel like that makes sense to me. I just want to make sure that makes sense to you guys. You belong with the shepherd. And sometimes I get confused why we are sometimes running with wolves instead of walking with the shepherd. How do we get there? How do we end up running with the wolf? This passage talks about the hired hand who steps in. And the hired, the hired hand is, is deceptive, right? Because it, it looks like it is supposed to be something that is designed to take care of you. You know, as, as we are climbing the corporate ladder, we're thinking that the corporate ladder, as, as we climb it, is going to take care of us. When we get into certain relationships, we're thinking that this, this person is going to take care of us as we follow certain, certain principles and teachings of, of, of other things outside of God. We're thinking that that is going to be the key to life, the key to success, and they're going to take care of me. And these things are all of what I would consider hired hands. But the minute difficulty appears, the higher hand disappears. The higher hand is really only there because of what they could get out of the arrangement. And when trouble comes, they don't value you as much as they value themselves. And definitely they won't risk their own life, their own happiness, their own security for you. So what happens? What happens when, when, there's, when there's trouble on the horizon for a company? They do layoffs. 
What happens when a person in a relationship feels like it's just, you know what, it's, this, is, this is not worth my time. This is too difficult over a situation for me and a circumstance. What happens? They leave. And meanwhile, you've given up your time, your energy, your resources. You've pushed yourself away from friendships, from the church, from the closeness with God. And all of a sudden, you look up, and the hired hand is gone, and you left by yourself, and you're isolated. And this is where the wolf comes in to get you when you are isolated away from God and from God's people. This is where leadership of something other than Jesus will land you outside of the will of God and alone And you are a sheep without security of the shepherd and the help of the herd. And that is not God's design for you as the sheep. Sheep belong with the shepherd who is walking with them, who is walking ahead of them. And the beauty of being led by the shepherd, you get to walk with the shepherd and other sheep. That's what we're designed for. Listen, as you study, you study sheep. Sheep only have one mechanism of defending themselves, and it's not fight. Sheep cannot fight. They fight by flight. They run away. When danger comes, they flee. And that's what you, you get when you, when you study. They say they only really have one mechanism to defend themselves. But as I studied this scripture, and I studied this, this, this passage and really beginning just to, to think about it a little bit, they really do have more than just one fighting mechanism. They are defended when they find themselves within close proximity of the shepherd. This is where they learn, this is where they can fight. Not with their own hands, not with their own ability, not not with anything that they can do on their own, but they learn how to fight or they can fight by getting close to the shepherd and staying close to the shepherd and staying within the security of the sheep, right? This is how we can fight. This is what it means to belong to the shepherd is that he fights for you. He fights on your behalf. And we're surrounded by the sheep. You want to you know if something is a hired hand in your life? You want to know if something is a thief or a robber in your life that has come to use you and misuse you and abuse you and to steal and kill and destroy your life? Just look and see if this specific thing is pushing you towards God or pushing you away from God. If you find yourself growing closer to God, then you know that this thing may have come through the gate and it is of the good shepherd. But if you find yourself more isolated, if you find yourself in a place where it's more difficult for you to hear God's voice, if you find yourself in a place where you are alone and you're not coming to church anymore and you're not reading your word anymore and you're not praying anymore and you don't have time to do it anymore, then you, then you can be rest assured that this thing is not of the good shepherd it has revealed itself to you it has not come through the gate it is not of the good shepherd can I speak very frankly this morning it is a thief it is a robber it is a hired hand 
to come and steal, kill, and destroy your life. I can't tell you how many times that I've, I've had to think about this passage. Even over the past few weeks, I've had to look and see, you know what? I, I've had to fast from ESPN maybe 100 times this, this year, right? Because I, I, I've watched it so much. YouTube, I've had to cut off. Social media, I've had to limit myself. Over, the, over my time as a Christian, 23 years, I've had to push away relationships because I've recognized that they are not helping me grow with God. They're helping me go away from God. And that thing has become a thief, and it has revealed itself. And I know that some of you, even right now, are thinking about the things in your life that are now beginning to reveal itself as a higher hand, as a thief, as a robber. And as it has revealed itself, today is a day where you say, you know what? You're revealing yourself. I'm going to completely remove the mask of what you are and who you are. I'm going to completely look at you and rebuke this in the name of Jesus. Right? And I'm going to revoke its privileges in my life. Like today is the day where you say, you know what, thief, enemy, you will no longer have control over my life. I will no longer allow you to steal, kill, and destroy my time, my energy, my resources, my walk with God, my life with God, my hope in God. Today is the day where we make a decision to say, thief, enemy, you cannot have my family. You cannot have my marriage. You cannot have my time. And to link arms, grab a hold to Good Shepherd. That's who you belong to. You don't belong to the thief. You don't belong to the hired hand. You belong to the shepherd. I could keep going, but I'm gonna I'm close. Let me close here. Let me close with this passage. It's a familiar passage. Psalm 23. It's a passage about shepherding. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It makes me lie down in green pastures. Leaves me beside still quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Like, that's the, the shepherd that we have with his rod and his staff that, that, yes, he leads us into green pastures. Yes, he restores us. Yes, he leads us in paths of righteousness. Yes, he blesses us. And all of these things are awesome. But even when the times are dark, even when things are cloudy, even when things are surrounding us, it hurts that there is the shepherd that's there to protect us and to comfort us. And I love this next part, that he prepares a table for me. In the presence of my enemies, he anoints my head with oil. Oh, my cup overflows. Like, listen, listen, he goes ahead of us. 
Like even when things are dark, yes, things are dark, but we have enemies that are surrounding us. But God, the good shepherd who is walking ahead of us, knows what's coming in front of us. And he begins to prepare a place that even in a dark place, even in the tough moments, even when the enemy is around you, he's prepared a place where you can rest and you can sit and you can eat and you can enjoy him in his presence. Those are the moments, family, when the anointing of God comes on your life. Those are the times when, listen, when you come out of it and you have been changed, that's when the anointing hits you. That's when you recognize that God has done something different in me, that God has changed me through this circumstance, and that's because you've been walking with the good shepherd. That's where he anoints you and overflows you with his presence and his spirit. It's a surely goodness and mercy. Follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the good shepherd. That's him walking ahead of us. This morning, this morning, I, I'm encouraging you strongly this morning to see him walking, walking towards you, walking ahead of you, to see that you are loved by him, that he values you. You're more than just something to be used, chewed up, and spit out later. You have value. He cares for you, and he wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to give you his wisdom. He wants to give you his comfort. He wants to give you his joy. He wants to give you his peace. He wants to change you and transform you. He wants to help you and heal you. You're going to have to make a choice. You're going to have to make a choice. Who am I going to listen to today? Who am I going to worship? What's going to be the leading thing in my life? Is it going to be God? Or is it going to be the thief? It's a decision we have to make every day. And my prayer is today, you'll make a decision that asks for me and my house. I'm going to serve the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you for your son Jesus, for his life, for his blood, what that means for us as believers, that we believe in him and what he's done, that we believe that he is the good shepherd who sacrifices his life for the sheep. forever. Is there anybody here this morning is hearing this and saying, I want to follow this good shepherd. If that's you this morning, can you, can you lift your hand here so we can pray with you? I see that hand once it's up, you can put it down. I see that hand once it's up, you can put it down. Listen, if there's anybody here that's it's like the disciples, and you've been, you've heard Jesus, you follow him once before, but you've strayed away. And you hear the good shepherd calling you, walking towards you, saying, come and follow me. If that's you today, can you lift your hand in this place? The good shepherd wants to draw you back in. I see that hand. Once it's up, you can put it down. I see that one too. 
God is doing something unique here in this moment. Don't miss it. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. The grace of God is here to show you who he is. He's a good shepherd. He wants to lead you today. Those that raise their hand, pray this with me. God, I gotta thank you for your for your sacrifice. I ask today that you would forgive me for my life that I lived running on my own, allowing other things to run my life for me. And today I choose to follow you. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your life. Today I make you the shepherd of my life. Today I choose to worship you with everything I got. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen.